Welcome to the Resilient Mindset Podcast, an exciting new podcast by Resilience Queen, Justine Martin. Justine is the owner and founder of the Resilient Mindset, a division of the Justine Martin Corporation. Justine draws on her years of experience and knowledge, consulting with clients to develop and sustain a positive mindset. Focused on igniting your passion, purpose, and power, follow the Resilience Queen each week as she delves into the mind of her guests, exploring fascinating stories and inspiring journeys. Long before riding and launching Happy Paws, Sandy Davis was born and raised in the American Midwest in the state of Kansas. Sandy accidentally ended up in Australia and stayed. Sandy's mantra is never too late and you're never too old. An allergic reaction to a treatment for intimate dryness during perimenopause launched Sandy out of semi-retirement to become the Queensland-based formulator and founder of award-winning Happy Paws Balm. As a bit of a rebel who struggles taking no for an answer, Sandy turned the lack of a simple, preservative-free natural solution for intimate dryness into her mission. The creation of Happy Paws is Sandy's yes. A tiny peril of pearl of Happy Paws puts a spring back in your step. Creating Happy Paws has brought Sandy unending joy in her second spring. At every chapter of Sandy's, at every chapter of life, Sandy is has thrilled on giving back as part of her ethos. In this Happy Paws era. Sandy's Australian Pay It Forward partner is the Period Project working to eradicate period poverty. When not packaging and processing happy pause orders and heightening menopause awareness, Sandy enjoys helping others and spending time with her husband and their rescued dog, Karma, hunting nautilus shells along the fringed reefs of the Great Barrier Reef at the edge of the World Heritage-listed Daintree Rainforest. Sandy's thrilled to be co-author of Courage and Confidence alongside myself. Um, this book will be released on International Women's Day. Sandy's anthology, The Power to Rise Above, about resilience and teenage bullying will be available in 2023. Welcome, Sandy. Oh, thanks, Justine. It's awesome to be here with you today. It's awesome to have you here. Sorry about a few of the slip-ups in the bio. I'm uh, still struggling uh, COVID and uh, the brain doesn't function some days. So let's get into it. What does resilience mean to you? I thought and thought and thought about this question and I had so many different directions that I wanted to go. And then in the end, I thought, oh, my goodness, you and I have co-authored courage and confidence. So for me, there's so many ways that resilience can tie back to that courage and confidence. So I think I'm going to have to lock it in, Eddie, and just say courage and confidence. Awesome answer. That's a different answer than what I've had on the previous podcast, but I I really resonate uh, with that. So what's an adversity that you've faced And how did you draw on your resilience to cope, Sandy? Yeah, well, something I never realised in myself but other people see in me is that I have a natural propensity for resilience and I always seem to have a way to find the silver lining, 
see the bright side or find my way back to joy. And I'm really big on joy always rises. So even when you're in your darkest corner, there will be, you know, light that begins to come through the cracks. And then joy just comes and sits on your lap and doesn't give you a choice. You you just have to embrace it. And, and joy always eventually does return and rise. And I was in my 50s when I ended up in a workplace with a really severe, abusive female bully. And she had literally destroyed the confidence of a couple of young women and they had literally fled the region and one person in particular spent years rebuilding her armor and her resilience and just was kind of enough is enough and when I was talking with one of the women that we then intervened and tried to stop the bully which didn't work sometimes it doesn't work sometimes you have upper management that don't want to intervene or remove the bully. So it didn't work. However, it worked for us because we had an amazing conversation and and we were both sweeping because she was sweeping because she was so angry. So I came along and swept beside her to try to have the conversation to figure out what was going on. And she said, how is it that you always manage to have a smile and find something good? And there we were just banging our brooms into the ground. And I realized at 50, that I had spent my 20s, 30s, and 40s not really talking about the pivotal moment of bullying as a teenager that helped me discover and strengthen and pouring concrete my resilience. Wow. So do you want to share about that bullying that you experienced um, in your teens? Yeah, absolutely. Because I feel like if you're a parent and have a child experiencing bullying or if you experience bullying and Mm -hmm. still go through waves of self-doubt, you know, you just got to remind yourself that you're made of cosmic dust and there's just this magic aura inside you that is that space dust that is our essence. And that is more important than what anyone else perceives or anyone else sees or anyone else's actions upon us. And when I was entering middle school in America, so year seven was your first year in a middle school. So you did year seven and eight in middle school, and then you went on to high school. And unfortunately, I was a bit of a brainiac, and I excelled in sports, and it was a new town. And I had a coach that didn't really think about how girls perceive things. And I was bumped from the seventh grade basketball team up to the eighth grade basketball team Mm -hmm. and replaced the starter captain. Not really a good move. (laughs) Not when you're trying to make friends. (laughs) No. (laughs) I became public enemy number one with the captain that I superseded. And then unfortunately as well, The next day, one of the kids from the um, class with disabilities, they were at the front of the lunch line, and one of the girls began to have an epileptic seizure. The bully, eighth grade captain from the basketball team, pulled this girl's pants down during her seizure, got everyone to look 
and laugh. And here I was, little seventh grade kid at the very back of the line, and no one did anything. Terrible. And I was just devastated. I couldn't believe that like an entire line of kids, no one did anything except laugh with the bully. And I ended up then racing like a bullet up to the special needs kids, pulled her pants up, got her on the floor, got the rest of her classmates to help her and comfort her. And then just without even thinking, just let loose. What on earth were you thinking? (laughs) Didn't even think about the consequences that was going to have. By the time one of the other teachers had intervened and come and got her and was taking her to the principal's office to save face, her last words to me were, you haven't seen the last of me, bitch. And indeed, I hadn't seen the last of her. I spent an entire year then um, with my shins pretty much bullied and um, bloodied and bruised the entire year. Every time you would go up the steps of the two-story building between classes, she and her gang of girls would be just outside of the sight of the hall monitor teachers to make sure that they reminded me that I shouldn't be excelling and I shouldn't be speaking up for others. And it made for a very, very long year in a school that now as an adult, I see the teachers all felt powerless because they were in a very toxic workplace. Mm. It was a principal who was waiting for retirement. No one was really willing to intervene until three quarters of the year through um, a high school coach came and did some substitute teaching, saw what was going on, exploded and actually resolved the situation with adult intervention. And I just still to this day have so much respect and admiration for him for making it right when you're surrounded in a sea of people that don't have the courage to make it right. So it's a nice reminder for any of us when we see something wrong to be a voice and be an advocate and do the right thing. It's not Mm. that hard. No, it's not. I was at a shopping centre probably about three, four weeks ago and I've walked in there and there was a um, young um, man in a wheelchair who these teenagers were obviously upsetting him and he, you know, screamed and was yelling and people came out of the shops and, um no one went up to him and I walked in and as a disabled person I was fuming at these kids and they were running out laughing and I went up to him and my first concern was was he okay and what Mm. had they done and he had limited speech as well so it was hard to communicate but he was visibly upset and he was you know shaking and you know I was asking questions and he was just you know nodding that you know the kids had um, bullied him and was teasing him and um, then the next thing security came and you know I explained what had happened and they went after these kids and I'm like for all the people that just stood there and watched you know I was the only one that went up and said are you okay what's happened and more people need to stand up and and not follow the flock and and stand up for people that that can't speak for themselves or if you see someone being bullied in a workplace or a school or in everyday life um you know voice voice up about that and you know that's a huge adversity and like you said um 
uh, Sandy, it, it takes through into adulthood. I mean, I was I was uh, bullied in school. I was the tall, big girl or the tall, fat girl at school, and it was horrendous. And and you're right, it does affect you right through even, you know, today I look in the mirror and I have to snap myself out of it, oh, you're the one with the fat ass and, you know, your ass is the size of a house and, and all of this. I mean, thank God for Beyonce and um, Kim Kardashian that's brought back big booties, but, um, you know, it does affect you and that adversity you take through. So, how did you draw on your resilience to cope? Yeah, well, in that era, you know, I was just so determined. I had so much admiration from the kids in Ella's class because I had said something and I had helped. So I couldn't let them down by striking back or trying to behave the same as the bullies. Mm. And I just found an, an inner resilience of just reassuring myself that being bigger and being better and being honest and being kind was always going to be better than if I'd flattened these girls. Yeah. You know, because when you're when you're being kicked and bullied and and that sort of thing, you you want to fight back, but then there's a part of your soul that realizes that fighting back physically is just going to be the same as them and you're That's not right. actually. That's stooping yeah. to their level. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just once I got through that, I like I said, I never realized until I was in my 50s that, you know, that was where I developed my resilient armor, I mm-hmm. suppose. And it, it did stead me through so much more of my life through incidents I had in graduate school and through horrible traumas that we had where we had to help other people during our adventure business on Fraser Island. And later on, my brother committed suicide. Oh, and I, I found it, it was it was so sad losing him to suicide. And I actually have a friend who had an unsuccessful suicide attempt. And she has committed her life now to suicide prevention and going out and sharing with people that more than anything else, this too will pass. And just reminding people when they're at that point to breathe. And if they can't love themselves or hug themselves, they can still just breathe and pause and wait. Mm. And I'm so big on that. You know, this too will pass. Yeah, I've got a guest in a couple of weeks who um, had tried to attempt suicide and and it failed um, and he's now permanently in a wheelchair but such an amazing young man uh, to talk to and helping others as well um, with pretty much the same message as, as what you've just said. So, um, so who are your role models in resilience, Sandy, and how do they inspire you? Yeah, well, do you know, I honestly, I think one of my, I know this sounds so strange and I don't mean it from a place of arrogance. I mean it from a place where we have to love ourselves. The first thing I thought of with that question was me. Yay! I, <laughs> You're the only one so far that has said yourself. 
But you you have to celebrate your own resilience and mm. and your own self love and and when you crawl back from something tragic or heartbreaking or mammoth, you know you've got to say good on you. You did this. You really kicked it. And I, so I think you've got to celebrate yourself with your resilient wins. But besides that as well, I think even though my brother ultimately at 39, he succumbed to suicide prior to that, he had unending resilience and he was my beacon I guess that I always looked to for for wisdom and resilience and strength. And then also my mom. My mom faced so many barriers through her life and lost everything. Um, And then later on went on to lose her son and have her child precede her. And she still always managed to find that balance of joy as well as grief or sorrow or pain and which goes back to, I guess, like I said, there is a bit of you that has to believe and have hope that joy always rises or always returns. Yeah. And I was, I had a um, good friend tell me years ago, and I'm talking probably nearly 30 years ago, that there's something always better around the corner. There's something always better as you're walking towards it. As long as you're walking towards it, there will be something better. And, you know, the, the sad days and the bad days really do make you appreciate the happy times in life. And we all face adversities, whether you realise that you're facing one or not. We all do. It's part of life. And how quickly you bounce back from that is what resilience is. Yes. How quickly you bounce back. You know, do you lose your job? Have you lost your job? Are you sitting there in self, you know, wallow about it all? Or are you being proactive and getting out there and looking for another job? You know, that's just one example and that's the resilience. If you're back out there looking for another job straight away, well, then you're resilient. Um, But if you're going to sit there and say, oh, why me or poor me, well, then that's the adversity that you're facing. You're letting that get on top of you. So... Yeah. Just for and one example. We all have inner resilience. It's just that sometimes we haven't kindled that love affair with it yet. And mm. sometimes if you haven't realized your resilience and you're in one of those holes, you know, the thing is that you won't drown. Eventually you will gulp and come up for air. And that's resilience. And even when you don't realize that you have it, it's there. Yeah, that's right. So what are some of your passions in life? You know, one of my biggest passions, I think, is waking up, which I know just sounds so simple, but waking up and looking forward to each new day. Um, And I've developed a huge passion in my second spring I never expected. I I had no idea until I started to have trouble during perimenopause that for so many women, not just in perimenopause and postmenopause, but also with cancer and endurance training and breastfeeding, I had no idea it was such a big deal. And I had no idea that there was so much shame 
and stigma associated with speaking about it. So my biggest passion now has kind of been around becoming the vag queen and trying to get us to destigmatize talking about vaginas and menopause. I'm the resilience queen and you're the vag queen. I love it. I was actually talking to someone today about your your cream. I'm like, and referred, um, gave her your details, so she'll probably buy some off you. And I actually won some of your um, happy pause, uh, intimate menopause relief uh, in the Osmopreneur Awards. You kindly donated. uh, some of that as a gift, and I was a recipient of that. It was quite funny because when when I got the list of what I've won, I'm like, oh, I've won lip balm. That's strange. <laughs> I've won lip balm. And then when it turned up, I went, I've won lip balm, but not the one on my mouth. So <laughs> we had a bit of a it's chuckle with about It's the downstairs. That. Yeah, that's right. So I can highly recommend it uh, to the listeners. Sorry, guys, but you, maybe your wives or your girlfriends or your mothers might need it. So, um, and that's the thing, you know, we don't talk about these subjects enough um, out there in the open. So, well done, you, Sandy. Uh, oh, thanks, Justine. Yeah, and we, and we don't talk about it enough. And yet, I find I'm finding so many men as sons, husbands, and fathers. Um, really want to know about menopause and they want to know how to be an advocate for their for their wife or for their daughter um, or for their mother and a lot of a lot of young blokes now ask me questions because they want to help their mum when she's mm. struggling with mood swings or or anxiety and that sort of thing and I just think yeah. I love that we are beginning to have those conversations and men are a part of it with us yeah and well done you well done you so it takes a brave woman to do this. It does. Takes resilience. It does take a lot of resilience. That's right. Okay, I've got a couple of quick questions that I'm going to throw in here, which you don't know about. So uh, they're quirky kind of questions. Uh, pineapple on pizza, yes or no? No, until I became an Aussie. And I reckon that you're not really a true Aussie until you say yes, and on kebabs as well. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So uh, I'm liking you now. When you said no, I'm like, ah, oh, no. Try an Aussie pizza with pineapple and garlic. Oh, my God. That would have to be my favourite. Um, okay. So coffee, tea, hot chocolate or wine? Oh, all of the above. Yeah, I can't. I can't give up my wine. I I don't run. I've got a friend that runs marathons, and I always joke that I don't run because I'd spill my Chardonnay on the beach. <laughs> I won't tell you my reason for not running. Um, okay, <laughs> two black eyes. Uh, favorite band. <laughs> favorite music. Well, I'm a. I was thinking, oh yeah, I like I like so many female anthems, like you know Beyonce and all that. But I am a tragic parrot head, and I got to see Jimmy Buffett front row at the Sydney Opera House, and I still to this day feel like I am the luckiest person in the world because as a parrot head, I got to 
hang out on the front row with Jimmy Buffett. So awesome. at the Opera House. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite food? Pre-menopause, it was pepperoni pizza. And one of the strangest things when you hit menopause is your food cravings change. And I no longer crave pepperoni pizza. So now I'd probably say it's a bit boring, but a really good French onion soup. Nice. Um, okay, the loo paper, does it go forwards or does it go backwards? Backwards is so wrong. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I knew I liked you for a reason, Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> that's right it's gonna go forward I'm and my listeners now will, will tell you this that I go into houses and if it's around the, the wrong way to me backwards I actually flip it around it's like I'm not pulling it off that way no it's gonna go around the right way it's the OCD oh, I love you <laughs> so you'll know where Justine's been to your house because your toilet paper's all around the right way <laughs> so, I'm terrible with it you can't fold the nice little triangle if it's backwards that's right that's right okay so I believe that you've got an offer for um our listeners today yeah so anyone that's listened today if you would like to give happy pause a go go to our website happypause.com.au and when you buy the happy pause bomb if you just put in the notes resilience we'll throw in the happy hit and aromatherapy roller to just help lift and elevate your mood and and bring that bright side to fruition so go in and put resilience and I'll throw you in a happy hit there you go listeners what a fantastic offer and um you may not need uh the balm yourself but you may know someone that could definitely benefit from it so you know buy them the balm and you get the aromatherapy uh little thing yourself as well so Absolutely. Um, so people can contact you, Sandy, through your website, which was? Yes, so it's Happy Paws. So not pause, P-A-W-S, it's pause, P-A-U-S-E. So it's a play on menopause. So happypause.com.au. So that's happypause.com.au. And I'll put all the links in the bio uh, for people to have a look at. So Thank you, Sandy, for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on and a giggle as well. Um, And we'll get you on again in the future and we'll keep up to date with what you're up to. Oh, awesome. Thanks heaps, Justine. And it was lovely writing Courage and Confidence with you. Oh, likewise. And uh, the links for the Courage and Confidence book as well, we'll whack them in the bio as well so um it's an exciting time in both our lives yeah brill all right listeners uh take care and until next time stay resilient we hope you enjoyed the resilience mindset podcast remember to subscribe to the podcast to get your weekly fix listening to resilience queen justine martin follow justine on social media at resilience mindset or log on to justinemartin.com.au And until next time, remember, life doesn't get easier or more forgiving. We get stronger and more resilient.